Welcome back to the Wacky Wonderful Wiseworks podcast. All you guys, gals, geeks, and goofballs, we are back at it again. Oh, yeah. One more time. One more game. Um, One more game. You know, I did want to mention something we didn't mention last week. (laughs) uh, Our new graphic. Yeah. Yeah, We breezed by it. Look, this is a little. So we're we're updating to at least least this is. Mm -hmm. Look, updated for a modern audience. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, that's a great teaser, dude. But I'm gonna be honest; that actually lends itself well to a tease. So let me tease the let me tease real quick what this episode is, is mm-hmm. it has in store for you, and then we'll get back on the the graphic real quick. So okay. we're gonna be hitting all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, first and foremost, uh, well, not first and foremost necessarily. We're gonna be talking about. Um, crazy mysteries associated with films. All right. Okay. We're going to be looking at, uh, to reference the modern audience. I, I'm really curious. We hear this all the time, but I'm really, I'm wanting to dive into this idea, this problem, you might say, if you will, of, uh, catering to a modern audience. And we're going to explore that a good bit, but then we're also going to be playing a, the most bizarre inspirations for movies or movie aspects, right? Oh, or okay, things cool. that are in movies. So that's a little bit of a game, all right? So you guys Ooh. are going to have to turn on your your uh, your thinker caps there. And I got some really good ones. Right. I'm going to test. I'm going to test Wyatt on his Princess Bride knowledge a little Ooh. bit again this Ooh. week. Okay, because okay. yeah, because he took a and, big head last week, <laughs> yeah, and he was like, head. "No, actually." Was that actually? On the podcast or at yeah, work? yeah, Not, yeah. Was it was last podcast? week during Plus your Josh, bit. who can't get well, a quote right, who never remembers <laughs> anyone's name. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I thought he said that. Did he say it on the podcast or before we recorded or something? I don't know, but it was, check on, this it out. was on the podcast. Okay. All right, but we're also going to be testing Joshua on his Ooh. Adam Sandler movie knowledge. All right. Okay. Uh, Specifically, I mean, 50 first dates. All right. Because Josh was okay. a big fan of Adam Sandler, I think he likes Drew Barrymore a little bit. If she was, mm. if she was twenty years younger, <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> um, so Josh, yeah, those are ET. those are some good teasers. But <laughs> wait, what? That's a little <laughs> way, that's, that's way too sorry. young. What are, what sorry, 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 sorry. Back to um, back to the to, to the graphic. Yeah. Um, so. Just for an explanation, going from the old graphic to the new graphic, obviously we kept a lot of the elements the same. That was um, the goal, right? But the the goal with the new graphic was um, versatility, right? Yes. It's, <clears throat> it's the ability to uh, make, make it mm-hmm. more present um, in all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. you know it's 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 a yep. simple graphic it's easier Brandable. to put on yeah it's easier to put on a hat or a shirt or a sticker um and we we did that for you guys yes you guys. that's right but, but and I mean, i'll tell you what i we this was part of this was contracted out <laughs> yeah well yeah <laughs> we didn't we didn't we didn't create this i mean well, not obviously, all of it. obviously knowing when to uh knowing when to um play well, to yeah. your strengths and also play to other people's strengths is it's important it's very um, important but yeah no we wanted uh we wanted our logo to be um accessible accessible what, is good. what um yeah. 
what are those words in the background uh, saying? I don't know. I found, I found, I tried to find somewhat illegible, good, um, uh, uh, just cursive handwriting. Yeah, to kind of motivate the book journalistic kind of okay. thing we're going with. I just needed a uh, texturized background, and I looked for like printed words. I'm like, well, you can read these. People are going to be reading to try to figure out what it is. Um, and, and I wanted it to be simple, so you know it. It's it's whatever. Hopefully it's not, you know, handwriting descriptive of like a Fifty Shades of Grey kind of thing. Right. But um, but it is what it I'm, is. But yeah, so we have a we have a new a new graphic here to stay. <clears throat> um hope everyone loves it as much as we do. And uh I think I think it's 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 miles ahead of our old one, in my opinion. Mm, streets ahead, if you will. Streets streets and miles like mm-hmm. we're talking about if okay you saying miles you're saying streets so we're talking about like blocks here we talking uh, like, i was make i was walking like one block here. or <laughs> i was oh. i was quoting a, a tv show but that's okay all right mm-hmm. i wanted to i wanted to bring this up well first we'll, we'll i'll talk about joshua joshua's thing later because you had a movie recommendation but i want to get to oh. that later okay i wanted mm-hmm. to bring this up okay. first did you guys hear about amazon investing in faith-based films do you guys hear about this news no heard about this all right so this is pretty wild so amazon makes big play for faith-based content so apparently there is like an initiative or i don't know if it's considered a studio um but the wonder project is what Mm. it is right oops i just highlighted everything and they're do they wanted to do a series called House of David, which you know focuses on mm. Saul a little bit. I, I think it's a live action. I could be mm. I, honestly, Ooh. I didn't I didn't f- dig too deep into this because of my other segments I was prioritizing. But I just saw this and came across it. It's interesting that Amazon is trying to dive into the faith based thing, and I think it, it lends itself well to the idea, the question. For Dallas Jenkins in particular, because he is really the spearheading the faith-based, faith-based popularity oh, yeah. content, right? Mm-hmm. So Dallas Jenkins has been up and down and up and down and never really quite took off until The Chosen as a creator, writer, director. Yeah. Now that now that The Chosen is in its height and he's got a name because of The Chosen – do you think that when the chosen is finished, he's talked about wanting to continue? There, there's a lot of Bible that you could do series yeah. on. Oh, you mm-hmm. could do a lot. He's talked about interest around doing a lot of that stuff. So something like House of David is interesting, but he's not a part of that project. But in that same realm of what you see from the chosen, do you think he's going to be now that he's in himself a celebrity, a famous director? Mm. Is he going to stick with Angel Studios and do? do shows that have to be self-funded or he's like, I want something that's a little less stressful <laughs> season um, to season. I, you know what I, mean? I have an answer, but not really an answer kind of. Cause he so, could, he could go and be a director for a faith series that Amazon funds. You know what I mean? Th- this is not a, after a the chosen full thing after the chosen, but right now on top of the chosen, he, uh, three weeks ago, he released a video on his Instagram and YouTube channel saying hey we're still doing the chosen everything but for years now i've had this one story that has been dear to my family's heart it's called the best ever or the worst christmas pageant ever have you seen this video 
I I actually might have saw the start of the video, but then I scrolled past it or I had to turn it off because I wasn't. It's a video of him and his wife standing, just doing like a a Instagram short. Right, 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 right. Video. Um, But he, they right now actually this week um, should, they should be wrapping up the filming for this movie. It was bought by, I think Lionsgate, the story for it, Mm. because it was, it's a Christmas Carol um book that their family has read for years and it's not christian it's just like a a christmas pageant that some kids put on and lionsgate bought the script for it and he's filming that right now on top of this la the fourth season of the chosen coming out so i will say it as the chosen season four is in post-production uh, and there's like a lot of stuff with the theaters it's kind of a little automated and a less Less has to be uh, micromanaged, I guess. It, yeah, he's yeah. not on set. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the freedom to get on set for another project <clears throat> because post-production is a lot of times mm. he gives his thoughts. Yeah. So, But at this point, four seasons in, his editors and assistant director and other creators associated with The Chosen don't need him there for the editing process the whole no. time. You know what no. I mean? So that kind of answers your question a little bit of right now he's in production to do a full-length film, not a show, full-length film that's going to be coming out next Christmas for Lionsgate. It's going to be Lionsgate's Christmas movie. Well, I think uh, I think that um, he should have the freedom to work on something for yeah. uh, Lionsgate or Amazon or Angel Studios. Uh, the idea that directors are, um, you know, working for one company for all their movies, I think is uh, that's 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 the past. We need to move forward with, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, freelance directors, if you will, directors who who are, um, you know, their their product, their project is bought and paid for by a studio and so they yes. make it for that studio and they have the freedom to move on yeah the sound of freedom in fact probably oh yeah i think um i but we're seeing it in another capacity as well so you know guillermo del toro david fincher uh, a couple others they're moving to like the solely netflix model mm. whereas if you look at david fincher he did fight club he's a huge director and he's yeah. like i'm now just making stuff that's going to be on Netflix, <laughs> you know? I'm I'm almost wondering if um, it's the uh, the instant pay, right? They're paid up front. They're played. They're paid up front. There's probably like a fixed rate. Then they they have their budget. They can make whatever they want, um, and they know that it's going up on Netflix. Well, um, I mean, we've seen this. A little bit now, like Brian Reynolds and even Adam Sandler has been doing this for years now. So, though I know those are actors, but well, it's 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 also this, um, you know, the the market is fluctuating. So, you know, you might be working with uh, uh, Lionsgate, or you might be working with Disney, and you, but you don't know if they're going to market your movie. You don't know if it's if it's going to, you know, get um overlooked because uh barbie and oppenheimer came out um at the same time and so you know but you know that it's going to go up on netflix and you know that the general audience is going to have access to it and they're going to have access to it for from the very beginning 
for a long time. The general audience is important because it doesn't matter how crappy projects that get put out on Netflix, for some reason, myself included, we're not canceling our Netflix subscriptions. Why? Why are we not canceling when we haven't seen something we're super happy with in a while? Because there's there's always hope for another – Stranger um, Things. Stranger Things. There's always hope for another Squid Game. There's always hope for another Arcane. There's always hope for another, uh, you know, movie that people enjoy or a yeah. show that's really, really good. And we think that can only happen sometimes inside the Netflix yeah. studio model. I think it. I think that's absolutely it. I think there, there. Netflix has something every once in a while that is, uh, that works. Because that, that that works because it's Netflix. True, Netflix true. has that, but House of Cards, their very first original project, mm-hmm. right? I think Netflix is more consistent with it, but I think there's other studios that are also doing it. Like you know, last year, what was the our favorite show of 2023, 2022 was The Bear, and that was Hulu. Well, House yeah. of the Dragon, in my opinion, I think it was better. Okay, than the Bear, House but... of the Dragon was good, but the Bear was up there too. But, but again, the Bear also was FX; it wasn't Hulu. All right. Well, I know, but the Bear was FX. on Hulu again, yes, though. Hulu's the, Disney. Um, that's why people are keeping, I think, most of their subscriptions mm-hmm. is because um, these studios are every once in a while. If Disney's not dropping something, then Netflix is dropping something. If Netflix isn't dropping oh, yeah. something, Hulu's dropping something. If Hulu's not, then it's uh, uh, HBO. Max. And oh, so yeah. you're – or Apple. You know, Look, there's, there's probably about five different high-concept sci-fi shows to watch on Apple TV right now. You can go watch them. Right. Uh, you can right. go watch Foundation or Silo Series – or mm-hmm. there's this other alien one I think I saw. Um, it's a small cluster of good stuff. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's necessarily like great, but it's it's definitely better than like the sci-fi channel. You know, yeah, the and, and sci-fi channel Because stuff. they're getting into the, the film epics, uh, it would just stream Killers of the Flower Moon, right, mm-hmm. which I watched there. And they're getting ready to stream Napoleon. So mm-hmm. – Apple TV Plus is actually doing something a little different. They're not only streaming and creating streaming style content, they are also getting into the theater released film epics um, so that they're the first to get some of these amazing films. Yeah, so so wrapping back around, I think directors are trying to find uh that stability and I mm-hmm. think they know that if they just pick pick a studio, pick a, a streaming service, right? Pick a studio stick with them um yeah and netflix seems to be the one that some people are going with uh but what like i was saying i think that directors need that freedom to be able to go to whoever is going to uh do their project the most justice and then move Keep their on. hands off right yeah move on when they're done so you think this is good or shaky ground for Dallas Jenkins? I think I, right? it's potential. It could potentially be good or bad, depending on what decision he makes. Uh, he could stick with Angel Studios, and that could be really great for him, or it could hold him back. Yeah, I, I honestly think 
I I think Angel Studios is going to have a bright future, but Dallas Jenkins is not going to be the golden boy of Angel Studios forever. You know? No. Yeah. Um. So, because they're going to do something else that hits really hard, and oh, it's going to yeah. overshadow, especially when the Chosen is is finished. And so, and, and yes, I think Dallas Dallas is a director and a creator, so he's going to go with a studio that funds his project. I think. Yeah. Um. And if Amazon's that person, or if Amazon's that studio, then he'll he'll go with Amazon. Uh, and, and I think in some ways, work Dallas Jenkins is kind of becoming the Chris Nolan of faith films or faith mm. projects. Oh yeah, because he we go and watch his stuff because it's Dallas Jenkins, right? Right, not because we're like super excited for specifically what he makes. But he's Dallas Jenkins, so we're gonna watch it, you know. Well, so, and no, I, I wouldn't say he's uh, Christopher Nolan. You said Christopher Nolan. I would think um, he obviously it's not on the same level. I'm saying well, no. For I was gonna films. say he's more of like a uh, Steven Spielberg in that regard because like he's got those beloved classics where he's like you know teaming up with John Williams and that's well he doesn't have beloved classics yet dallas is quite yet ways to go but he's he's getting there i think he's definitely getting there he's definitely getting there in the faith realm oh yeah yeah i i think he has big potential to to reach that for the faith-based films if you are around not maybe not the like conservative churches but more of the non-denominational churches like it is huge even this week, someone randomly that I work with had the, you know, the three fish with the blue fish in the middle. Mm. They had a hoodie of it. And I was like, hey, I would just walk past him. I was like, I pointed at him like, hey, I like your like your hoodie. And they're like, do you know what this is? They gave me a funny look. And I was like, yeah, it's the chosen. And I was like, yeah. That's um, a stupid question. If you're at church, wait, were you yeah. at no, church? No, no, no. It was just at work. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Less at, less of a stupid question. <laughs> at, this was at where I work as a secular um, retail company that's right. very popular. Um, an employee was wearing a hoodie with the yeah 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 chosen stuff on it, and so he he sees a guy working at Lowe's, and he's mm-hmm. like, "You know this?" You and know? he was like, "Wait, <laughs> you know this?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's the chosen." And he was like, mm. "What?" And then like the next day he came up to me and was like i went and told my family that you you knew exactly what this was and i was like yeah it dude every, i would a lot say of people know about walking it. around mm-hmm. of the american population walking around i would say there's probably 2 out of 10 people that will know what that is you know what i mean yeah the yeah. chosen is I mean, that big yeah especially 2 like out of 10 like people the, and that's that's south, being uh where conservative right yeah best, especially here in the south where like mm. I guess Christian, a Christian, I guess, is more popular. You know, it's kind of, it's Christian kind culture. of normal. Yeah. Even yeah. if you're not a Christian, you know about it. And it's like, you're aware of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's all I have. I, I want to, I do want to move on, but I did want to just bring that up because that's big news. I mean, Amazon's okay. investing a lot of stuff. They had a lot of layoffs. It's weird to know where they're going with their film and video mm. future, but for some reason they're investing in this. And I know even like with Lionsgate, Hollywood <clears throat> studios for a season, pick up faith-based stuff until yeah. faith-based stuff stops working. Mm. And then they stop. Then another faith-based thing down the road gets really popular, and then they start looking at it again. So, oh yeah, they're looking at it right now, 
if this has legs to stand on for the next 10 years, I'll be very surprised, but at least right now they're investing in it. Yeah. And if, if, if Amazon's greed and hunger for money is, uh, helpful in (laughs) the, the pushing of more good faith-based content, then uh, good, good, you know, yes, good, I guess. As long as it doesn't turn into Noah and yeah. Oh boy. Whatever Noah really was. was Noah really was the capstone. Yeah, on, but I don't uh, think it, of what we've heard of and content. seen, Dallas Jenkins. I don't think he would be involved in a project. Yeah, like yeah, he no, would he would so. put a stop to it or walk away and say no. Well, that's the thing though. If a studio invests in Christian films, they make some Christian films with Christian people, and mm. then they start giving Christian ideas or Christian stories to non-Christian people. That yeah. are like Martin Scorsese doing well. Martin Scorsese is a Catholic, and although he's done some really raunchy films like Wolf of Wall Street, he is uh, he does consider himself a lifelong Catholic, and so his Jesus film will be from the perspective of Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's we'll not see. really he's not really abandoning his core values or who he is as a person to do a Jesus film, it's just going to be a very Catholic Martin Scorsese Jesus film. That's what you yeah. can expect it to be. Um, so mysteries on set what these are i got three big mysteries which i did do ai okay. generation for my cool very cool i like <laughs> yeah, it yeah yeah yeah. sorry i don't mean to scare people <laughs> with an all of a sudden jump to but if you're yeah. watching the podcast, what's with the what's with these fonts for this uh dude i took what i took what google sh- uh google slides had for me and i just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up there <laughs> mysteries on set i didn't do i didn't throw this in photoshop he really he really said let there be white space (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) yes exactly um so mysteries on set i got three mysteries okay I, i i found a bunch online these were the three that I felt were the most interesting to me or actually mm-hmm. had the most, you know, mixed with a popular film yeah. combined with strange phenomenon or a strange scenario that yeah. people found themselves in that ultimately were, I'll, I'll give you this. Two of them are, are unsolved-ish, mm-hmm. like there's not a good explanation. The third has been solved, but it was solved like in 2022 and oh, was okay. unsolved since I think the 70s. Okay. Wow. Ooh. So, and it's, I'll give you a hint. It's related to the movie Jaws. Ooh. All right. Ooh. But the first one, we're going to talk about the Titanic. Okay. Okay. Mr. So, Cam. Uh, Mr. Cam. Right? I just watched the movie the other day. Did you? Yeah. Did you enjoy it still? Mm. It it is what it is. You've seen it once. You've seen mm-hmm. it. It's it's nothing special. <laughs> All right. So this doesn't deal with murder. This doesn't deal with uh, this doesn't deal with spiritual or 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 demonic activity in any in any capacity, which teases you up for what the next ones are. Okay. But this does deal with questionable uh, food poisoning, or was it real poisoning? Right. Ah. <laughs> All right. So, murder on, on, set, the, the, <laughs> murder on the, the Titanic. The Titanic. I was going to say Oriental. All right. <laughs> this was a scenario where fifty-seven people were spiked 
or poisoned with PCP what? Oh, wow. on set while filming the That's Titanic awesome. for the cast and crew. The cast and crew. Mm. You, you know, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, yo, E. coli could you could be like, okay, yeah, something was bad. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it's just it's been in a freezer or whatever. Uh, PCP. It's not that's a naturally that's, that's intentional. <laughs> All right. So, um, but so it was, let me read some of this. Okay. In, uh, one of the filming locations for James Cameron Titanic was a rural Nova, Nova Scotia was in rural Nova Scotia. I've been to Nova Scotia with the closest hospital having only one doctor and one nurse. That's not good. Ooh. This doesn't bode well for the cast and crew. One fateful day during a mm-hmm. meal break, 75 staff members were served clam chowder, including Cameron himself. Don't know if Leonardo and uh, Kate took it, but um it didn't take long after eating the soup before everyone uh, in attendance began to feel very ill. All right. Very ill. It then goes on to say they went to the hospital and it was uh, guessed that the clam chowder was what you said. It was undercooked or there was it was essentially food poisoning. Right. Mm-hmm. On later inspection. OK, so. Forensic testing determined, however, that someone had spiked the whole pot of chowder with an entire pound of drug known with an entire pound of drug known as PCP. Mm. No one has ever claimed responsibility or been accused. Some theorize that it is basically a disgruntled cast or crew member that were or crew member that was fired for some reason or had a uh, vendetta against James Cameron or someone else. Mm. But um, but no one ever took claim for it. So this is an unsolved mystery. Who tried to kill or seriously injure the entire cast and crew of the Titanic film? Uh, I'm going to say it was, <laughs> I don't have a, que- I don't have an answer to that question, by the oh, way, okay. but this was, I, I, here's my answer. This was a calculated, um, measure taken okay. by, okay. uh, the, the food service folks. They, okay. they were being worked too hard. Too hard. <laughs> well, there's there had to been it. a lot of, a lot there of the crew, a lot so, of people. Is 75 people are eating and you're sitting there and you're like, I've been up since 4 a.m. and my <laughs> babies are at home and mm-hmm. they need their mama and I'm here. Cooking. I hate it here in Nova Scotia. I hate it here. Canada I hate suck. it here in Nova Scotia. <laughs> and Mr. Cameron is just, you know, expecting too much. I need a day off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they uh, now PCP the clip chat for a day now, off. Now I have this PCP. <laughs> I know that <laughs> if they I get a pound of PCP, I, <laughs> well, you know, people, kitchen people have their ways. <laughs> okay. Kitchen if people, but I, also like the, the film community, like, you know, the arty arts art. Oh yeah. People, you know, they always got some kind of drug that they be doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, that like this person, especially the, the reason that they spiked the, the clam chowder is because it's like, this is a big pot. There's a lot of food. Right? Yeah. It's a massive pot. I can put this much PCP in, <laughs> stir it around. It's going to dilute. We're going to serve it to people and they're not going to die, but they're yeah. going to get sick. <laughs> and then me, food services, they think that it's bad clams. I get the day off. <laughs> but can you see like, 
<laughs> I, I, I mean, you definitely get the feeling that maybe they sort bought, of. It would be funnier. It this would be a really funny skit if <laughs> yeah. if the if if the uh, if the kitchen staff bought the PCP from Cameron. Okay. And so he's just clutching his stomach and people are running back and forth across the set. And he just looks up and the like <laughs> the chef is there with a spoon in his hand, just looking at him across the set, dead in the eyes. And he knows he knows that he can't say but anything he, because he, he was in possession it. of PCP. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> but he can't. But we know he can't say anything. We know. But he knows. Yeah. You've got. Um, it's funny. The heart will go on playing as they stare at each other in the eyes, <laughs> and then, and then the back of uh, his trousers just, yeah, it's um, over. <laughs> wait, what, what was that, Joseph? <laughs> oh, <laughs> everyone starts. Seventy-five people mm. get loose in their pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. That's a great theory. I like the kitchen staff theory. Yeah, blame the kitchen staff. <clears throat> The Exorcist. Oh, set I think I've heard of this production. One. Ah, it was a demon. It was I cursed. think I've seen this. All right. I now, to, um, I will say this: most demon or or spiritual activity films claim this because it's good for it's good for what do you call it? Marketing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's good for marketing. However, there are phenomenons that actually happen outside of anyone's control that happened mm-hmm. due to this film. All right. Okay. Yep. Give us a this scoop. one's a bit frightening. Uh-oh. Uh, all right. So it, it's widely held that the Exorcist uh, film was cursed. During filming, multiple people were injured. Not uncommon. Uh, four people even died. So some under mysterious circumstances, this ranged from relatives of crew members um, to main cast, all right? Wow. Who passed during production or during post-production, so during the editing right after. This is also a crazy thing that happened. The set was also uh, home to several freak accidents that caused Mm -hmm. multiple delays, including uh, homes being used for set-burning uh, including the home being used for the set burning to the ground. All right. So the 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 set or the house that they filmed this in burnt to the ground, uh, with the only surviving area being the room where the exorcism scene took place. Dang. All right. Not only this, but someone who saw the movie in theater, but some who saw the movie in theaters fell ill during the screenings. Many quickly dismissed these claims as being a simple stroke of incredibly bad luck. But the filmmakers felt uh, there were other forces at play so much, uh, so much that they actually brought a priest to the set to bless it. Mm. So um, I know they did this with the Conjuring films preemptively. All right. Ah. A little preemptive blessing. Preemptively, they brought exorcist uh, uh, priests to bless the set for right. almost every Conjuring film that's happened, especially for that the would be Conjuring. super weird. I ain't being part of those productions. This, The Exorcist, was reactive. <laughs> They're saying, yeah. we got some crazy bad stuff going on. We need a blessing. Somebody call Wouldn't the priest. Wouldn't it be priest. funny, though? Wouldn't it be-, <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if you're just on set and you're filming? Uh, or getting ready to film and you see like you know a priest walk up and he's waving around dousing. some incense he's dousing maybe throwing yeah. some holy water right and then Speaking the next Latin. day the next day there's like a 
you know, like a Protestant preacher and he's out there and he's got a Bible and he's the looking King around, James and he's just right? he's like, praying, ah. right? <laughs> he's, he's, he's praying. And then he, right. <laughs> and that just, just various people that they have, you know, like, a uh, uh, what's the Jewish, um, uh, what's Orthodox what's, Jews? What's, what's their like preacher? Um, I their mean, teacher. Uh, they're uh, uh, oh a rabbi rabbi they <laughs> got a rabbi there. there he's doing <laughs> right he's doing what they mm-hmm. do just yeah just every and you're oh, like we just really got to make sure <laughs> well that that's that's how exorcist believer uh kind of goes they had they had exorcism from multiple different <laughs> religious oh. backgrounds <laughs> <laughs> that's how the film actually went somebody's so. out there throwing some chicken bones on the ground <laughs> <laughs> that's what they did in exorcist believer i'm pretty sure <laughs> That's in the newest exorcism movie, one of the <laughs> notice not to spoil, but one of the girls actually dies. All right, uh-huh. so that that girl don't get out. <laughs> the other one gets exorcised by not like a uh, not a not a not a Christian based faith, but it was like some other voodoo based faith, right? Uh-huh. Based faith. Based. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the chicken funny. bones are a part of it. Oh, you know? you're just laying on. You're just the exorcist girl. You're laying on the bed. A Bible. You know, like a, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, a, you know those the candle, the Jewish candle, some right. chicken bones, <laughs> some holy water. They're all just thrown on top. Of one you of those. Like, uh, let's one hope of those, one of those uh, sound makers where you turn it upside down and goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, a rain, a rain, <laughs> rain maker. Yeah, 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 rain maker. Uh, 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 like a Thor's hammer. Necklace. <laughs> Why one am I those. picturing someone? Someone's got one, and then they get one of the cow ones. The cow <laughs> one. <laughs> this is all that I could find at Walmart. <laughs> Freaking, uh, I don't know. An they, atheist tosses like an iPad or something on the. <laughs> be like, I don't know. Enjoy yourself. Scientology. Yeah. You know, Tom Cruise is there, right? Just wait. Them, why is just it's not, the, yeah? The Scientologist, the Scientologist, like ever. Well, the only one that's the famous one. one. He's the famous yeah. one. But they're just giving motivational speeches to the person. And then you're just right. laying on the bed, <laughs> you know, shaking, and there's just all this crap on top of you. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's the crazy thing that happens with the Exorcist, and this was, I think. I mean, there's been horror films, but this was the the big one where they kind of okay. went like, "We're going hard." No audience has seen anything like this before. Yeah. And apparently productions have never seen. So my question is, do you guys think, I mean, obviously your your personal faith and spirituality beliefs are going to play a part in this, but do you think that there is, because I mean, I, I tend to, I tend to take a not skeptical view. It is skeptical, but not because I don't believe something like this can happen, but rather like e- even just look at this picture. You see the wires off of the yeah, scene right. that's holding her up. So when you're on set, the realism that you're editing together, it, it's just not that real. When it comes down to it, it's just a house. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just um, a girl with face paint on who's acting silly in between and her but like a normal girl. Yeah. yeah, and with like in between takes, normal girl that's just kind of fun, and you know she has some fun ideas about life, and she's entertaining everybody with her energy. Right. And so I, I just don't see how something like that's just going to conjure a demonic activity unless unless someone like brings some demonic activity to the set. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or or demonic um 
openings, like uh, you well, know, welcoming doors or whatever. Here's uh, here's a th- here's a theory. Okay. Um, there is something to a. Um, there's definitely, I think, something to the irreverence of, um, you know, the Bible of God's name. Okay. Um, and definitely on a movie set, there's not going to be too much reverence for, uh, for those things. Right. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's absolutely possible that when you are, um, you know, when you're allowing that sort of behavior um, and especially using it for personal gain and everything. Um, yeah. You, you maybe invite a little bit of uh, catastrophe, a, a little bit of attention. <laughs> right, on yourself. Right. Um, I know there was some pretty crazy things written into the script for during the exorcism. That is very irreverent to God. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. In this film. So, but that that's that's expected if you talk about someone who's who's possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, you're right. I think I think an environment um, of people with with different backgrounds, with an interest in making a film like this, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You you maybe you have been dabbled into stuff that you probably shouldn't have, and you bring in bringing stuff around. We also, writing we also stuff don't know the irreverent. personal history of of the folks you know, right. working yeah. on this film. Um, you know, lots of people are into lots of different things and mm-hmm. you bring that with you where you go. Right. Right. That's what I, uh, th- I, I, I kind of had that same thought. I feel like that's, there's almost an innate feeling around that. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. there, there's a kid when we were little, Josh, you remember, uh, I don't want to say his name, but, he just was open to all kinds of weird beliefs and oh. he went to the church. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. And, um, and we, we, we invited him to like a boys camp out in their parents' backyard one time. And he just started going on and on about his beliefs about monsters and spirits and stuff that like are in the woods. And it's like, ah, right. You're clearly, you're a little delusional. Mm-hmm. But also just his willingness to be open to that gave me a weird vibe because he's very serious about this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Also could have been on the spectrum a little bit. but Right. Yeah. But just a very weird vibe around him that came with that. So I yeah, see what and you're saying. The openness in the backgrounds can bring up – you could just bring that wherever you go. Right. You know I mean? and, and I know a lot of people will probably would probably look at this and say, all right, well, you know, Christianity is pretty crazy too. You're, you know, putting your faith into something you can't see. Uh, and, and, you know, you would be right. You would be correct to be skeptical. But there's also, you know, a big portion of it is um, uh, morality. Yeah. Well, uh, majority the, of its morality. The big, you know, it's it's morality, it's kindness, it's you know, uh, love, live, love, living others in, before yourself. Yeah, living in the light, right? Whereas a lot of these things, there's uh, uh, don't have those, don't have those morals. Well, think about this. Have that idea of of uh, staying in the light, staying away right? from 
the the darker things. Yeah, yeah. Satanism is very self focused and selfish mm -hmm. for the point of it, and it's also like Satanism is built around the idea of making fun of Christianity more than it mm -hmm. is like actual Satan worship. Yeah, but yeah. That aside, um, you have things like Scientology, which is very self focused. It's what can I do to make my life maxed out? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah. You have things like. Right. I, I don't want to name all of them because I don't want to just go on a tangent about why what I believe I think is right. But but you're right. Christianity is built around this idea of very strong morals that surpasses just what the Bible says about it. Right. It's like to the human soul. It's you know, this is right. You know, this is good. You know, this is wrong. And the Bible gives clarity to that. When you feel like something's wrong in your conscience, you know, you're Jiminy Cricket. Right. The yeah. Bible covered that already. It tells you, hey, that's the right thing to do. So your Jiminy Cricket's aligned with what the Bible points out as yeah, morality. Yeah, it's, it's, you know it's, I mean? it's staying in the, in the good and staying away from the bad. Right. Um, and yeah, your, your, your conscience kind of knows what's what, um, even in, I would say the, the secular morality realm. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, if you're, if you're bringing, um, if you're bringing other stuff into it, then, you know, you're deaf. I think you're inviting trouble and you don't want right. to invite trouble. Right. I mean, I definitely hear James Stewart in the back of my head once in a while mm. being like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. The Jiminy. preacher. James, James Stewart, Stewart, the preacher or Jimmy Stewart, the actor. Jimmy Stewart, the actor. Jimmy. <laughs> no, it's James Stewart. That's that's his name. James. I Stewart. think it goes either way. Jimmy yeah. or Jim. James. I don't James. think he went by James. I think he went by Jimmy, but his oh, name is James. Jimmy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sure. The 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 guy, the actor who who the, yeah. the, the yeah. Scottish the Scottish evangelist or, <laughs> or the actor who played in Rear Window. Right. 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 Rear Window. Oh okay. yeah. You know, yeah, he's my Jiminy Cricket. Okay. The last one, I promised Jaws, right? Okay. There was it was a murder that took place in mm. On July 26, 1974, wow. there was a woman's body that was found and unidentified. Mm. No family uh, that they could find identified her. Wow. Uh, she was labeled as the Lady of the Dunes, okay? This is a police sketch of her, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and for a long time... It was just an unsolved mystery. Okay. Yeah. Until, all right, until a interesting point of time. Where Where is this article that I found? Okay, let me share this. This is on Wikipedia. I hear a baby. Yeah, it's Josie. So the son of famous writer and author Stephen King, his name's Joe Hill, he uh he was in he had just finished a reading a, a a book I think it's called The Skeleton Crew how mm. amateur sleuths and solving America are solving America's coldest cases all right and and he started I think he either took interest in this or something but he made an observation so when the body was found it, the police report described a blue bandana on the head and blue jeans. Interestingly enough, this finding of the body 
was in Massachusetts, right? And it happened weeks after the Jaws film wrapped. And and the body was discovered 100 miles from where it was being filmed, Jaws. Okay. During the film, Joe Hill, son of Stephen King, Mm -hmm. discovered someone in the film that he thinks appears to be this woman. Okay. Ah. Oh, so like an extra. An extra Or or just somebody walking around in the crowd. Yes, in the film. Wow. For a long time, it's been debated if this is the woman. She has the blue jeans. She has Mm -hmm. the bandana. She died shortly after the Jaws film and pretty close by where the Jaws film was filmed. All right? Yeah. Yeah. This matched the the description. And it, as far as the sketch goes, if I go back and forth, it could be her. It could Could be be her. her. It could be her. her. Um, As I said at the beginning of the podcast, but if you're watching this on clip, this was recently a solved case. This has become a solved case. Okay. I will say this. We do not have confirmation if this woman was actually in the Jaws film as an extra. Mm -hmm. That part has never been – that part has never been revealed because – the friends and family must not have loved this woman very much to notice. Right. She just disappears forever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so basically I think it was in 2022, the DNA evidence from the body was recently matched up with relatives, obviously with all of the DNA, uh, you know, family tree tracking they have. Yeah. They were able to pull this out of the archive, utilize that technology. They found friends and family close to uh, the DNA that matched the DNA evidence. And it became known that this woman was Ruth Marie Terry. Okay. Or Ruth Mary, Marie, Marie, Marie. I I got it right the first time. Yeah. So this is a picture of her. Um, This is, I, thinking i don't think that's a picture of her uh, it's i'm confused because they have sketch artists they have a picture of this woman ruth terry and then this which i'm not even sure what that is it says it's a reconstruction, reconstruction? yeah wait a minute so, okay it must from the body the, the story and, and then i have some questions all that to say they discovered who this body was all right ruth terry mm-hmm Family probably didn't know very well because she just went missing and nobody nobody filed a missing persons report. No, nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they figured out what family she was in and they, they I guess, summarized that this is, based on DNA evidence, this is uh, Ruth Terry. So with that being said, if we were to go back and forth between these two, do you think it still could be her? I think it still could be her. Because we don't have confirmation if she ever was an extra on the Jaws set. No. Yeah. It could still be her. It could still be her. And the description of the body that was found is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Joe Hill is onto something. Okay. Right? So what you're saying is the there was a murder about a hundred miles after the, the filming Weeks of, after the film wrapped. Yes, after the filming of Jaws. And it's believed it's not been proven but it's believed that she was an extra in the film it it has recent since the 70s it's unsolved 
now we know this woman that was murdered is Ruth Terry. Okay, yeah. we know she was murdered. Does, we does it don't give any know indication of who murdered her. Uh, yes, the boyfriend or the husband. Oh, Billy Ray Smith. Okay. Wait, how did have, you say have that? we talked to Billy? It was on the Wikipedia. It said spouse okay. Billy Ray Smith. Yes, yeah, it's 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 concluded. I guess probably best guess. It's hard to know. Have we um, talked to Billy? Husband. Does he confess to? Uh, Billy's probably dead. <laughs> Yeah, but when he was still alive, did okay. Did he so we don't know if it was Billy. That's the guess. I it's it says. Let's see. Age twenty three, following short marriage, uh, Terry left Whitwell to work at Fisher Body. Blah 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 blah. Oh, so they were split up. Mm, I don't know. It it sounds like they that were was that up. was more that I, that was. That was an that's an interesting part of the mystery that I did not look into for you. Why is oh, right? Sorry. Well, the uh, so there's something at the bottom about uh, Terry was listed as deceased. Somebody being in a witness protection program. Um, where at the bottom, down where the jaws? Expert no, it was up. Was? No, it was it was up. It was at, in background. Uh, okay. Private investigator, her brother, I think. Terry's brother tried to find traveled to California, hired a private investigator. Investigator told Terry's family that all all of her belongings had been sold and that she had left the state of her own will after becoming involved with a religious cult. In the Ooh. two decades prior to her identification, Terry was listed as deceased in her family obituaries. Uh, Carol theorized that she was in a witness protection program and could not contact her family. Wouldn't that be wild if um, wouldn't it be wild if you're in a witness protection program in Massachusetts? Wait um, a minute. And and the person who was trying to find you and killed you found you and killed you. Right. Like <laughs> on the set of Jaws like they were they were working on right. Jaws. Oh, that's Oof. crazy. That and would they, be pretty they rough. noticed you in Massachusetts, and they're like, "All right, well, I'll wait for a little while. Wait till we're we're wrapped, right? Uh, and then I'll I'll go find her and kill her, or Dang. even like, you know, that a friend so of a friend, creepy. be like, you know, her her husband's friend or somebody. Yeah, worked on. Weren't you looking for your wife? Hey, my, hey, Bill, hey, Billy Ray. Hey, <laughs> hey yeah. Billy Ray. Weren't you uh, looking for that broad Terry? Yeah, she's I just saw her the other day on Massachusetts. On yeah, uh, she's she's filming this Spielberg film. This Spielberg shark film. And it's you know, people film. be I haven't seen the shark they're too. using. They just have a bunch of cameras all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't see any sharks, but you, she's out here. People mm. talk too. So yeah. even like even if he just like saw her and talked to her, he might call up the the husband or something and be like, "Hey, I saw you know uh, her the other day because." You know, I, hey, I man, I hard. thought your wife was dead. <laughs> Everybody thought or or it was somebody else part of that religious cult who was like uh it called their religious leader and was like, Oh dude, I just found that one yeah. that got away. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> There's so much crazy stuff going on with this. There is. All right. Um, we do have to move on though. Oh yeah, we do. But before we do Thank you, Shelby. An hour into Shelby. the podcast. <laughs> right. 
And Thank we you, Shelby. Tease. <laughs> yeah. tease what we tease. I told you we have a doozy today. What did I say? Yeah. Well, Shelby, thank you for being a Patreon supporter. If you guys want to support you. us on Patreon, go check that out. There's a lot of exclusive content. And yeah. this podcast comes out on Monday rather than Friday. So several days early. You get a pre-show. You get a you get mm-hmm. exclusive watch parties. And go check it out if that sounds interesting. Thank you, Shelby. We love you. All right. Joshua, you said you had a recommendation. You want to a recommendation or more of a review? Uh, so we watched Self Reliance last night with Jake Johnson and Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jake Johnson's first directorial debut. It was really good. I mean, I wouldn't oh, say yeah. it was like the best film ever, but I told Ethan, I'm like, I'm gonna put this on. We're gonna peep at it, and if it's not if it's not captivating us, we can we can switch to something else. We finished the movie. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was enjoyable. It really was, enjoyable. Uh, definitely had that indie feel. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, the what I feel like could have been a really scary concept oh, um, yeah. was was a, a little bit you know more. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Downplayed. Um, yeah. because the movie does a really good job of making you unsure mm. if all of this is in Jake Johnson's head yeah, or if it's or really happening, piece. even at the end, okay. um, you're, you're thinking, you're thinking, is it, was it, it real? Happened. Is it actually it? happening? And that's <clears throat> like, that's a really good way to tell a story. And it didn't. So it was almost a comedy slash love story right yeah i wish they had le- but, maybe leaned into the love story bit yeah so more. and that's what i was going to touch on they didn't lean heavily into either side it was just yeah. almost where they leaned into was jake johnson's character they leaned into his life and like who he was as an individual so it was like a telling of his story but it had a through plot of a story in it I think it needed about 20 more minutes mm-hmm. of the movie so that we could have s- spent a little bit more time with uh, Anna Kendrick's character. Um, oh, yeah. And and gotten yeah. maybe a little bit more serious with that mm-hmm. because it, it it's a little bit um, – it's a little bit, you know, not goofy, but uh, they're, they're having a fun time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, – and then it gets a little bit serious with her for like a, a second. Yeah. But when but he's talking to her, yeah, much. when he's talking to her, uh, when he comes back, like I wanted more of that conversation, more of them trying to hash it out, being right. really serious about it. Um, and it but just that, so, was, that was the cliffhanger of the movie. Like, at so the yeah, end, so, so you know the, that cliffhanger, but you know, yeah, what in the end, any in the end, when he makes his decision, I uh, I wish there had been maybe just a little bit more um, showing us that. Well, it, it, it would have been nicer for the emotional, uh, like interest right okay. yeah for the emotional interest in their relationship if they had had a little bit more of a a heavy conversation and there had been a little bit more doubt in him right. um, it would have made that that very special moment at the end um 
hit that much harder. Yeah. So I What's would give it called again. Self-reliance. Self-reliance. Um, an interesting thing that I didn't know about, it's Jake Johnson, but Andy Samberg and Lowly, what is it? Lowly Island. Is that his production company? Lonely Island. Yeah. They're I the ones that, who self-supported. I thought that was his rap name. Well, they're <laughs> the ones who did this film. They support mm-hmm. it. That's why Andy Samberg is in this movie because they're yeah. the ones who funded this movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. And impressive? aside from, no, um, I would say aside from uh, swearing, there's quite a bit of swearing in the movie, but yeah. there's no, there's nothing gratuitous. No, not really. Okay. Um, I would give it. Movie. It had its shortcomings. It's Jake John- Johnson's first directorial debut, so I would say it wasn't the best, best, but I would give it a six out of ten. Also, Jake works really well with old people. I'm finding out. <laughs> yeah, like he has, an, he has old, like an old, older men. Yeah, he's yeah. like an old homeless best friend in this. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, the 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 dynamic he. His dynamic with people, basically, actually, basically anyone, Anybody, yeah, he's really good. His dynamic is really good. His dynamic, even with like the ninja guy who is in Stranger Things, oh yeah, the the hippie kind of high, the, the long hair, friend, yeah. yeah, with the long hair. Mm-hmm. His dynamic with him is unique. His dynamic with Anna Kendrick, uh, with with uh, the old man, it's all right. He's really good at at character work and He's, and relationships with people. Jake Johnson is almost he does what Quentin Tarantino does, where he has those long conversational based mm. scenes. Because mm-hmm. Jake Johnson is good at that, but he adds like a touch of humor in them to make them good. But I think I almost want a little bit more serious, and then they would be like perfect. Because Jake right, Johnson yeah. was good at that, being having the natural conversations. I would definitely recommend it. That's my recommendation. Yeah, give it a watch. Okay, and 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 since I haven't seen the movie, I will watch it. But I think mm-hmm. of a podcast that would pair well with watching this film is go to Rick Glassman's Take Your Shoes Off podcast. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. He yep. just we- came out with a podcast with Jake Johnson. I would recommend yeah. maybe watching the film. And then watching the podcast, I oh, did, yeah. I'm doing the reverse. I watch the podcast, and then I'm going to watch the film. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I feel like if you watch the podcast after the film, you might actually really enjoy that conversation yeah. and the playfulness and humor of that podcast. Is yeah, great. absolutely. All right, we have a problem. Mm. All right, new stories for modern audiences. Joshua, where'd you go? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I I had to grab some real quick. I'll be right back. All right. New stories for modern audiences. I This is a hard to define, but constantly repeated narrative. All right? Mm. And we're seeing it not just in films. Uh, in fact, I have an example Sorry. that I'm going to pick on this person as well as giving them a little slack. Okay? Okay. Okay. So I, if anyone is listening or watching this, I'm sure at some point, if you if you're annoyed with the current version of storytelling and filmmaking, it's all under this guide of attempting to create new stories for mm. modern audiences. All right, yeah. So if they're doing remakes of, say, Star Wars, well, we're trying to do new Star Wars for modern audiences, and 
in my opinion, at least when it comes to movies, and I feel like in the gaming world, I've heard, you know, I've heard whispers of it not being well accepted there either. Right. Oh boy. It's bad in the gaming world. Um, also, do you guys like this AI generated art? That yeah, that's pretty that's, cool. That's, okay. That's cool, the cool, best. Cool. All right. So modern audience, you see all the different audience members there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wait, dude, it's diverse. I it's think diverse. I see, oh, right. um, um, I, I see Andrew right Santino there. there. That's Andrew Santino right there. With the- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see him right there. <laughs> um, I'm sure Bobby's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, yeah, uh, a black woman, probably gay is front and in front, front and left. center. Biggest <laughs> on the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make her gay and lame. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I want to play a clip that okay. is from the new Indiana Jones and the Circle of Something. Right? Yeah. Can, don't even I've know the seen, name. <laughs> I've seen some some clips from the game itself, and the game actually looks pretty fun. It does. Now, I, I'll say this: the game on the surface looks good. Uh, the creators seem to have their uh, heads in the right place for capturing a fun Indiana Jones. Yeah. Game. I'm not a huge gamer, and so I can't speak into this as much. And I'll let gaming channels and Wyatt say what they will about this. Mm. But um, I don't have a problem with this. I have a problem with – I had a reaction, which I think a lot of people did if they watched this video. It's kind of the the behind-the-scenes making of the game. It's like a big promo video that was released. Yeah. First off, I think it's the chief narrative officer for this game. So – Again, the people that are saying this new story for modern audiences, they seem to fall into the woke crowd. And when I say they fall into the woke crowd, you don't he doesn't have to tell you if he goes by he. Right. <laughs> you just have to see him. All right. Okay. So let's watch this. So the people that are controlling the way the stories for these things go. All right. Sure. Now we have the opportunity to tell a new Indiana Jones story for a modern boy. gaming audience. Okay. Oh, so boy. that's a senior oh, narrative designer. Boy. All right. Is what his so, title was. Um, so the person. Okay. All right. So look, I, I'll, I'll play a clip from the game trailer just so people can say, look, this does look kind of cool. Protector of the. All right, let me back it up a touch because that's just like a little, like this is actually gameplay. All right, trap, adventure, fight. Right. Cool. Yeah, I'll keep going. He's about to jump wings. Woo! All right. Okay. So look, it looks pretty cool. And everything up to this point, you're like, all right, I respect these. And then we get to the senior. And I said, I I don't, I'm going to give him some flack and pick on him. All Mm -hmm. right. Because he might be a true gamer that really cares about Indiana Jones and the adventure and the story and the love for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you are the person that the senior narrative designer mixed with, Big thing. The way you choose to present yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> visually, yeah. where we obviously know what groups you hang out with and, mm-hmm. and what you care about politically and what you care about socially. It's obviously because you wear it on not just your sleeves, but your chest and your head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe in your pants. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're literally wearing what you value, but you are the one that seems to be in charge of the narrative design for this game. Yeah. 
So my question is, you see all these wonderful looking people that are associated with this game. And then the person that looks like that seems to be the one who's designing the story for well, this game. Are you, you know are you I mean? show us or no? Yeah, we already we saw black, it. We saw okay, black okay, screen. I, I don't know if we're if we're going to have something up there. Look, yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't let me know. fill him back up. So here's the thing, because um, I, I think his name was Gerard. Okay. Mr. Jobs. Look at all these wonderful people. Yeah. Beautiful um, woman who cares about Indiana Jones. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, here's the thing. Okay. Um, when we get into this idea of narrative for right. you, right, uh, we know what's important for us narratively and we know what's important for um we know what's important for california and and for this kind of um crowd we know what's important for them narratively uh and when you put um this person as head of your narrative narrative right? design narrative design for the modern audience we know yeah. we know we know who he thinks the modern audience is well it does say it's, senior narrative design so he could be a high up on the team maybe well, he's not making the decisions right but the modern audience is him and people uh, that, like that's him. The, that's the big question is well, that's what the is problem. the modern audience the modern audience is a, is is um a minority Okay. Uh, it's not a majority. The modern audience that they're attempting to cater to is a minority, um, and the problem. So, so that's the problem. When you say you're catering to a modern audience, you're that phrasing is wrong. You should be catering to a general audience, right? And I feel like all of Hollywood in the past has done this general audience, and then they switched it to modern audiences, which we don't even know exactly how that's defined. In my opinion, because right. I found, I looked up, I have five articles that define it differently. Some people say it's because of attention spans with technology. Some people say it's because of identity politics and it what is. society. Other people are saying it has to do with person, like, interpersonality with stories because people are so uh, glued to technology and virtual mm. communication that they highly value and connect with things that make them feel personally with the content. So it's defined in so many ways of what the modern audience is, mm -hmm. but it's interesting that the people that tend to be crafting, designing the narratives for these existing IPs, which are created for the general audiences to make mm. the most money and to please the most amount of people, switched it. And what is the quote he says? Uh, let me back it up a hair. All right. We have the listen opportunity. To the, listen to the quote. Now we have the opportunity to tell a new Indiana Jones story for a modern gaming audience. Okay. Why so do we need a modern, game. a new Indiana Jones story for a modern audience? Right. No, he says the same generation. <laughs> he says we have the opportunity. Yeah. So modern, modern ideals and uh, uh, with with their hands on an IP that they didn't invent, um, mm -hmm. that they have no respect for, and that they they feel like they can do whatever they want with. And here's. There's a reason that Indiana Jones is still popular. It's because the modern audience can still identify with Indiana Jones. Yeah. Right? It and doesn't that, matter. The movie Which was made a majority. You know, almost 40 years ago or something ridiculous like that. Well, the uh, thing there's, is, I there's think, a reason. I think 
what you said, the the general audience is important because mm. I think the general audience still exists. So I don't know why yeah. we are changing it to modern audience when the general audience is the majority well, and probably will always be the majority I mean, as you have far to, as what they care about and enjoy. You have to agree, and I'm going to play devil's advocate a tiny okay. bit, a tiny bit. Um, the general audience the existing audience that are fans of Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Okay. When the movie came out is going to be like our parents and yeah. are our parents sitting down and playing a video game. No, no, absolutely not. So but we're also talking this. Someone, bleeds, this is just the recent example. This yeah, bleeds yeah, into yeah. every form of entertainment. I know. As well, not just gaming. Um, I'm just saying like someone who was in their early twenties or in their twenties, maybe getting to their thirties, back when the movie came out the first indiana jones movie are not gonna are probably not gonna be the people playing this game true but the reason the reason that the movie the reason that indiana jones is still popular is because people still identify with the character oh yeah yeah i mean value what he values and we watched the movie when we were younger and if we weren't around when it came out so 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 the game needs to do the same thing. It needs yeah. people to identify with Indiana Jones, who he is in the movies. It needs to be the same yeah. in the game. Which um, the same in the game is 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 to general audiences. And if you are making it for a modern audience, you are mm-hmm. coming at it from the wrong perspective. And it's interesting that the person that looks like he does, which if you're listening on audio, he's wearing a pride shirt. He's got mm-hmm. a, a side head shave. Yeah. Hot head shave <laughs> that mixed with his other physical appearance attributes mm. screams highly woke liberal mm. values right um, yeah, right I, and so i i, I be this guy but i would respect him and everything that he said more if he did not look the way he did right <laughs> that's what i'm saying even i would i'd be interested to hear how he defines with what he said and if he just presented himself in a better way, yeah, and like a professional way. How are how are you supposed to tell a story that everybody can identify with, which isn't the goal? They don't want a story that everybody can identify with. They want a story they can identify with. But how do you tell a story that everybody can identify with um, when you can't when when people can't identify with you? No, mm-hmm. right? Well. Yeah. Also think about this. Everybody in that video is talking about things that are that the fan of the classic Indiana Jones mm. cares about. And they're like, yeah. sounds good. The the old like the high end creator, the guy directing, if you will, the game itself. Mm-hmm. He's saying yeah. all the right things for yeah. fans of Indiana Jones. And then we hit this guy with his appearance and the talking point that people, other people with the same appearance says is new stories for modern audiences why Mm. is that it's it's a woke talking point at this it's it's on purpose it's on purpose um and he looks he looks woke and he he's the one saying the woke talking point when everyone else in the video is chill and saying the right stuff you know what i mean what's interesting is that this is a uh most likely uh, a white man who is a diversity hire which is incredible to me Um, (laughs) it's incredible to me it's incredible to me that white men have become diversity hires 
Uh, they are if to check they boxes. Are, we found our way back in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I was listening to a comedian. He's like, man, I cannot wait for I can't wait till trans women supplant all real women in sports because then it's going to be like awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now we'll have it. Now cool. we'll have something to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's the Dave Chappelle joke in that one special where he says, you know, the gay guys driving the car full of all the rest of the diversities. And yeah. he's like, we know the, we'll drive because we know these roads. We built right. these roads. You know what I mean? The gay white guys, <laughs> the gay white guys built them roads. Right. Now it's, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's 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 repeated over and over again, especially by the progressive uh, liberal ideology entertaining mm-hmm. people that are getting degrees and then getting into Hollywood or getting into these entertainment sectors. And their focus is liberal agendas through the story. It's just so interesting yeah. to me that someone that looks like him that says what he said is the senior narrative designer. Yeah. yeah. Like, and why is he not? Why is he of, not like a the senior art designer? You know what I mean? No, he's the one he's on the team for what the story of the game holds. You know, what a I lot mean? of it, you know, this this sort of general storytelling, most people can identify with the bond or the love between a parent and their child. Yes. Right. Uh, uh, for example, a father and a son or a father and a daughter. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but the problem is these people will say, well, I couldn't identify with my father because they didn't approve of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't want to tell stories that everybody can identify with because I can't identify with my father. Oh, right. I can't deep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they do, they, they, they have all of these, uh, trauma, issues um and believe that because they have an issue with something everybody has should have an issue with it um i don't have trauma with my father i so when i see things in in movies and tv with where there's really good father-son bonding connection emotion it it hits me in the chest because or where there's loss like right. Tarzan Tarzan loses his parents that exactly is hard because you understand the loss mm-hmm. of parents is so heartbreaking it's hard right? and and the to even imagine losing your your father mm-hmm. right yeah. it's it's good it's it's things that people can identify with and um it's it's incredible that this is um, this is where they're going. And, and what's, I think what's worse is that it's just a checkbox that they are, they are, um, redesigning society, redesigning entertainment based on checking mm-hmm. a box. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it just baffles me because like, I look at every, all of the guys sitting behind the computers and talking in this video and I see myself in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see myself in the group mm-hmm. of geeks that look like normal dudes that are interested in Indiana Jones and designing on computers and computers, being creative. Yeah. And then and then and then the audacity to pull that guy in for an interview and to say to put on his title, I control the story or I have mm-hmm. some say over what the story is and I dress like this. Mm-hmm. And I care about the modern audience. That and is, is it not in is it not insulting as that guy? 
is it not insulting to simply be there to check a box? It is. But they're, but they're telling, happy with it. They're you telling you. I mean? They're telling you that this is uh, progressive. That this is pushing um, the right. Um, yeah. Right is pushing right think, but really they're just trying to check a box. You may think you're doing something good, but they're just trying to check a box. That should be right. insulting to those people. If the dude that is in charge of the story of Indiana Jones, I want him to be such a geek and fan. I want him to be coming to work dressed as Indiana Jones. Yeah, I wanted him to be in <laughs> yeah. the leather. Now, look, if I want had, him to have a satchel. I want him to pull out the whip and, during his interview and. Whoosh, you if, know what I mean? if that dude with his haircut and his T-shirt and his body shape, if he had been wearing the hat and the jacket with a whip on his right here, and and he still had he maybe he even still had that T-shirt on, I'd have been like, okay, so this dude clearly cares about Indiana Jones, <laughs> yes. and he also cares right? about the gays, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like and that's how that dude dresses every right. day. They're like, right. oh yeah, uh, Gerard. He comes in like that. I think his name's day. Edward, not Gerard. Edward. Am I? Is it Edward? I think it's Edward. He looks like a Garrett. He looks like a see. Garrett. I would agree. He mm. looks one hundred percent like. I think. I, I love how our whole segment Edward, Edward Curtis, one guy. I Edward love how Curtis Edward. That's where I'm getting Gerard. Look, um, this this was this is a recent example that there's hundreds mm. of examples. I mean, mm. what, who was the last example? The last example was the new Star Wars director. This example mm -hmm. before that was um actress what's her face? Snow White. Right. Actress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would like to point out that the homie is wearing a Confederate jacket. <clears throat> oh dang. <laughs> That's a statement, no, bro. He doesn't realize. To mix those colors? Them colors don't bleed, brother. <laughs> <laughs> homie's wearing a Confederate I feel jacket. Like, <laughs> look we're, who's going to be back in racism next. Ooh. This is funny. It's actually funny that it's it's a cool jacket, but it's definitely – dude, that's definitely a Confederate jacket. If he would have put a, if he would have put the Indiana Jones hat on, I could, I could mix the hat with this jacket and be mm. oh, more okay with be this. Okay with it, I need yeah. to, I need to look. Unless maybe, maybe it's you have to wear a shirt with those colors in order to be. I'm gonna get real mean, so I hope Edward mm. never sees this. Mm. To be that physically shaped and mm. have a haircut the way he does, right? Yeah, because a haircut the but way it, he does, you need to be a jacked Viking looking dude. But you're yeah, not. You look you're, like a Pillsbury. I would say his haircut's know? not helping him. His haircut's not no. helping him out. Body and shape I'm say a lot of people in this community <laughs> have mm. the same problem. Uh, yeah, and, and I would say I would I would actually say to Eddie, uh, shave it <laughs> off. You would look great with a just a bald head. Yeah, you could be bald. Yeah, <laughs> we we we're calling him Eddie now. Eddie, Ed or Eddie or whatever. I would, yeah, I would definitely say to shave it off. the The bald head look would be good. Um, maybe, yeah. And and if you're really trying to get progressive, maybe a Confederate jacket uh, ain't the is, move. Ain't the move. No, I wouldn't go. for I it. mean, hold on. If he wants to be real edgy, I mean, there there's all this anti semitism going around mm. in that community these days. Just throw on a on the sleeve. Mm. Go for I it. Mean, See what happens. Right. You're also wearing the, say that you're podcast. also wearing the right colors, right? I look. I, there's, I'll dip. That I'm, just saying, I'll dip I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. that <laughs> I'm just saying that the Confederate jacket is a little bit of an oxymoron with the rest of his whole vibe. 
Right. Right. Josh, so. why you get all tense when I said the word? <laughs> Josh's muscles. Josh is all. Josh is tight right Joshua's now. Joshua's lower back got all tense and a bead of sweat. <laughs> I'm just, just thinking down. of our podcast and, and where we're going with this. Not that I'm ah, going to right. with you guys. Just I'm thinking. Oh, look. There's a lot. There's more people. Obviously, I'm telling a joke. Yeah. On top of that, there's a lot of people that feel the same way that we feel. Mm-hmm. We got to give voice to it. And we don't do this all the time, but I did want to tackle this. With this guy as the example, new stories for modern audiences. I think the conclusion to this is the modern audience is somewhat defined. It's being clouded in mystery. But the real thing that we don't even need to worry about the modern audience, worry about the general audience. Mm. Create entertainment for them. That's what Tom Cruise is doing, right? Oh, Tom Cruise is... All the successful stories and films and books and games are gearing it towards the the general audience. They get successful. So I don't know what to say other than that. I think that's a good place to kind of hold, you know, bookmark this conversation as far as modern audiences go. Okay. Well, it's uh, it's definitely more and more present um in our in the entertainment industry it's it's leak it's leaked into the gaming industry it's leaked into the uh the book industry um and so it's getting harder and harder to avoid it man i'm i'm you're looking at articles and you're just like man how do i get away from uh uh hollywood california crap man um I just, I just want to have a good time. I'm just here for a good time, right? A long time, yeah, right. And man, it's and it sometimes seems really combative. It seems uh, impossible, dude. Yeah, so it seems impossible. Um, but no, I think talking about uh, talking about what people want to see, what people enjoy seeing, um, mm-hmm. you know, making it known what the general audience actually wants is important to right. Uh, having studios actually make that right because also when you say modern audiences we don't know how you define that right everybody defines it differently um yeah and with that i think we should hit up some fun games okay okay fun you got something for me you got something for why got something gonna for be you fun. so um so we got Back a and trivia Right. Trivia. Now, trivia is good for podcasting. Yes. That's that's what I found because you learn something and you have fun guessing, right? Okay. When you're doing a game that requires talking, trivia is it, right? So uh, let's go to the first question. We're going to, this is multiple choice and this is called Bizarre Movie Inspirations. Again, with the font. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was about to say, I'm glad you preempted because I was about to say. You know, are movie inspirations. I feel like uh, this. <laughs> I'll say this: not not going to be page to projector. It's going to be just the AI generated mm. season. <laughs> no, no, no. I I think I'm just going to try my best to get some AI generation art because it's so accessible now. Oh and yeah, it's fun. It, it makes it more unique. That you need to use. I'm the not tools stealing content. Have. Yeah, I'm not mm. stealing from Google Images all the time. I'm yeah. creating using mm. my yeah. friend Artificial. Um, is that your fr- is that his name? Artificial. Yeah, it's his first name. Now, here's the first question. I think I got okay. seven questions. Yes. So you guys keep track of how uh, when you get a, one correct. All right. Okay. Yep. 
Seven questions. All right. Alfred Hitchcock features the distrust of police officers in his films. This is because option A, he was arrested many times while filming. Option B, he was locked in a jail cell as a kid. Option C, he had a notorious drinking and driving problem. Uh, I'm not keeping track of your points, so you guys got to do I, that. I option C. You're going just, with C. Hitchcock seems like the kind of guy. <laughs> See, I agree. That's the, the my first instinct. I did, I did multiple I'll, choice, so you guys I'm can pick go different with, if you want. All right? I'm going to go with B just because I think I want to do different than Wyatt. Okay. So you're going with B? Yep, and he's going with C. All right. The answer is B. Woo! Oh, wow. He was Woo! locked Very in good. a jail cell as a kid. Actually, his dad locked him up uh, in a Dang. jail cell as a kid as a punishment for him uh, doing a petty, technically illegal crime, but it wasn't like something he was getting caught for. He doesn't explain what it was, but he uh, his dad found out. And as a consequence, he went and locked him in a jail cell for like five minutes. And apparently that traumatized him. I think oh, he was boo-hoo. five years old. I think it was. I think it was five years old. And and he uh and he is never. He's had a phob. He calls it a phobia of the oh, police. Okay. All right. All right. The Country Bears movie was Ooh, based gosh. on. <laughs> all right. A dream the director had, an old country song, or a Disney World ride. Oof. It's either. Have you guys seen this movie? Yeah, I yeah. have. Yeah, it's I either- saw it when I was really young. Uh, does yeah. it count that I know the answer? Keep it to yourself until yeah. you do. Like I'll do three, two, one, and you can say it, so Joshua doesn't just well, copy uh, you. How right? about I'll make my decision, and then Wyatt can um, say it. But you're locked in, right? Yeah. All right. So what do you it, think it is, Joshua? It's either B or C. My first instinct was B, but. I don't know. It could be a ride. I'm going to say it's not only because I know parts of the Caribbean was based on right. Ride. I was going to say there is other examples of There's definitely rides. other examples of movies that came from a Disney World ride. Right. I'm going to say B, but I'm not sure. All right. Why, what is it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a ride. I'm pretty sure it's an experience. C, a Disney World ride. I, I knew it, right. I knew it was, it, it was one of them. So it's one and so, one. One and one. Okay, you guys are tied up. Yeah. Uh, Dan O'Bannon was inspired to write Alien, basically, with the idea of the chestbursters, right? So the guy who wrote Alien, he was inspired hmm. with the idea of the chestbursters because of his interest in the phrase broken heart, okay, psychedelic mushroom use, or Crohn's disease. Hmm. I'm going to go with C. I'm going to go with A. Because that's, right. kind of, that's weird. It's weird. It, is. it yeah. sounds like a writer's thing, doesn't it? And I've watched a lot of alien trivia. I've never heard this. His Crohn's disease. Wow. Okay. What is Crohn's disease? It's, it's uh, you, you have bubble guts. You don't know how to digest you, food. Well. Uh, you got no. inflammation. You know, you've, you've got, um, there's it's a lot graphic. of problems. You've got holes in your, uh, in your bowels, your stomach. Gotcha. Bowels, really. yeah, okay. the, the pain from Crohn's disease and the symptoms come from not just the holes, but the inflammation your body goes through in your mm-hmm. guts because of the, the disease. So Dang. all of the bad symptoms. He said that um, 
I believe his quote went something like, uh, it would feel like his stomach was going to burst at times. Right. And that gave him the idea of the chest bursters. But you like that? I came up with the broken heart thing. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> idea, uh, interest in the I, the phrase broken heart. Yeah. yeah, that's good improv. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the Princess Bride one. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. And Nigo Montoya's triumphant speech is so powerfully delivered because mm. Mandy Patinkin, is that how you say his last name? Patinkin. Patinkin. Patinkin, yeah. Imagined he was killing the cancer that took his own father or Mandy Patinkin was emotionally drained and vulnerable from shooting this fight scene all day. So they like use the last, the last shot of the day, actually, the last mm. take. Which is it? I'm going to go Wyatt. I know the answer. A, because it's very specific. Okay, A, I'm saying A, because that's it's a. specific. It is A. You both, I figured Wyatt should know this, but I think until, as long as we keep doing these questions, we need to keep testing his knowledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the Prince's Bride lore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's. All right. So, yeah, Mandy Patinkin uh, imagined he was killing the cancer that did kill, did take his own father. All right. And that's, yeah. that's, a it's a bit sad. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it also, man, gave good, us good for your a, character, though. When he says, I want my father back, you son of a bee. Mm-hmm. Dang, dude. Oh, that, that, that genuinely just gave me chills right now. I've got chills. Yes. He said, anything you want, I'll give it to you. And he stabs him. I want Offer me everything back, I ask for. Freaking, yeah. That's such a powerful moment. In, in an in a ocean of just silly humor. Mm. But it's one of the most one of the movie. most greatest moments in cinematic history. All right, Snoke's look in the Last Jedi was based on what? Dot dot dot. Okay, so Quin Shai <laughs> Huang, he, he's a Chinese emperor who's the first one of the Quin Dynasty. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Hugh Hefner or Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis was the uh, was the master to. Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the right answer, and I don't think this is what y- your the thing is, is C, Darth Plagueis, because ultimately Disney doesn't create anything new. They just are recreating the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So C, the, the, but, the, funny, the funny answer is Hugh Hefner. Right. <laughs> I don't know what- Did that come uh, out of my brain? Or is that real? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going with A. And you know what? I, I believe an that's old Chinese emperor. I believe that's pronounced Qin Shi Huang. Yeah. However, you're the you're the master at the Asian here. I think that that Q is pronounced. Wait a Qin. minute. Why is why is Qin Qin Shi Huang? Um, what Joshua? Because I, I know there was the, why is why it's the master of the Asian here. Well, he just knows how to say Asian words better, mm-hmm. Chinese oh, okay. words better. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give. I have no idea how things are pronounced over there. Um. What did you say? You said A, Josh? Yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'm going to say Hugh Hefner for, uh, <laughs> for the uh, S and Gs. Yeah. All right. The answer is Hugh Hefner. <laughs> <laughs> it actually that's was funny. birthed out of the mind of Andy Serkis. So, like, the outfit he was I, wearing. It was I thinking should of- have said Hugh Hefner because Joseph probably doesn't really know who Hugh Hefner yes, was. Yes, I do. Hugh Hefner was the guy who started Playboy, and he always wore the you robe. You know, you know, but you wouldn't have you wouldn't have randomly just picked off 
oh, let me pick Hugh Hefner because uh-huh. you're, you might be right about that. I would, you would probably have never, have never you would thought have, you would have picked Hugh somebody Hefner. else. I should have guessed Hugh Hefner only because of that. You would have you would have said like if but it was see, you coming up here, with you would have been like that's the beauty of the, multiple choice. I'm shading it in mystery. Yeah, you would have <laughs> said um, he's a look of John Wayne or something like that, like a character you, is that's probably old, but like you kind of know. Well, that's what I did with the Chinese emperor. I just googled famous Chinese emperors, found one that seemed like he wore a pop yeah. collar with his outfit yeah. kind of thing <clears throat> but yeah andy circus and another person kind of designed the look like the mm. outfit of snoke based on the hugh hefner look That's funny right? interesting so like a like <clears throat> an old guy that just lounges around and commands his robe empire. that's the yes, thing about the robe exactly. it just means you're ready to go mm. <laughs> you're ready to go you're ready to right. throw that thing off i think we got two more here what so 50. what are you at Wyatt you're at I'm four? at three. Oh, three. I thought I I thought you okay. what are you at Joshua I think I'm I missed three. like two I'm also at three we're a tie yeah all if right. he missed two then yes we're a tie right now all right two more 51st dates is inspired by a real person the writer's concussion experience or a school play I'm pretty. Do sure. you guys both seen this movie? Right. I. It's been a long time since I. You seen get the this premise movie. though, right? You know, mm-hmm. you remember the premise. A woman has to refigure out her life each day because she gets every day she wakes up, she goes back to the day she had a, a brain traumatic experience of some sort. So she p- keeps playing the same day, and so everyone that comes she into her know, life play the day. She can't remember anything. Past before that the day it, past that event right. or after so, that event she only so every day that. she has to re-meet like the adam sandler character that comes in to be her her boyfriend and husband yeah in the story and they eventually have kids and everything so and every day she has to relearn all of this new relationship i'm, I'm like pretty sure i know the answer to this so i'm gonna i have no idea um so I'm gonna answer. <clears throat> Dang, um, I'm gonna answer A. Just a yeah. real person. It 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 is A. I'm 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 like ninety percent sure that there was an actual person that did that. Yeah, a real person, wow. Michelle Phil- Philpotts. Yep. Is the is the if for anyone who wants to do some research and and hear her story, Michelle Philpotts. Wow is the real person that this uh, premise for the film is based on. Same premise. She keeps yeah. reliving the same day or like every day she wakes up, she's on the same day. Yeah. I think uh, I think the I think it's 1994 if my memory serves that she's replaying uh, some one day in 1994, uh, all right? Interesting. She's still alive. Last one. The Dark Knight Joker makeup style was based on only two options here: a child's drawing and artist's paintings. Are you guys tied up right now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I feel like you guys are. This is a the, good. The best good thing would be the best thing would be each of you pick different ones. Yeah, I think so that's probably the goal I, here. I already know if we're talking about Heath Ledger's. Uh, Joker, Heath Ledger would not let the makeup artists 
do his makeup for this role because he said that they would make it too perfect and he wanted to make it very blocky, you know, yes. messed up. And he, but, didn't, he didn't want it to be perfect. But Chris um, Nolan was inspired for how the makeup should look and then gave that look to Heath Ledger to do on himself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say A because I think that's it's A. I, a child's drawing is good. Um, that's a really solid answer. So I'll go with B. Um, because I think there's also potential for an artist's painting. All right. For all the bones. An artist's painting. Ah. And here's some of his work. Bacon. Francis Bacon. Chris Nolan ended up buying an entire book full of this guy's art because the makeup was inspired as that messy um, kind of... uh, almost disfigured style yeah that this guy this artist it, would make it absolutely could have been a, a child's crayon. Right. <laughs> yeah. actually the reason i put that in there is because there was a fake theory going around the internet that it was inspired from oh, a child's awesome. drawing so it was a fake theory pronounced incorrect but it was a theory it was a theory chris nolan did an interview where he explained the inspiration and it was this guy this artist's work. So that means with a close run, why it takes it with what's the, what's the, what's the final score between you two? I have five. Josh has four. Yep. Um, Good job, fellas. Did you learn anything? Yeah. Yeah. The, those stories at the beginning were, were interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Did you guys, have you guys heard about all this salt burn stuff going on? Uh, I salt just burn? know that it's a, Film, I am going to avoid like the plane. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I I have I, not. Um, I keep hearing little little snippets about it, and I'm like, I don't want to know any more about this movie. I feel like Amazon Prime recently re- released a video with the actors reading positive tweets. I feel like those tweets have to be plants, right? Because yeah. anybody with a decent head on their shoulders is not going to watch this film and be like, "What an amazing." Yeah. What an incredible story where this uh, I mean, disgusting act that happens in the film represents this, you know, coming of age kind of narrative. Well, you don't realize that comments on the internet are actually more like, you know, I'm sending hate from India. That's you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, you know, uh, unalive yourself and things like that. That's, the, that's the real internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't uh, know yeah, about don't know. that. Maybe you'll have to explain that to me later. I maybe not this second. I don't want to. But it's a lot of grossness. Yeah, it's pretty gross. From pretty gross heard. stuff. Which actually would be a great follow up for the Barry, the, the Barry, the actor, to Barry dive Cody. right. Yeah, to dive right into the role of the Joker in Matt Reeves' series right yeah. after this film. You know, you're demented in this film. So dive right into the Joker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. guys remember that clip? You remember yeah. the details? It's, yeah, it's pretty gross. It's, that's Barry. That it is, is kind of gross. That, that clip for, with the, the deleted scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. I am very interested. I would be very interested to see that more of that Joker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.